support, be praying. We want your help today. This is VBS week, and we're going to be taking care of our kids this week. And how many of you love children? I know they can be uh, difficult, to say the least. But they're, they're so innocent. And you know they're easy to hurt. easy to hurt. What are they going to do? They can't defend themselves. Most vulnerable of, of people of the world are children. And if you really want to see who you are, get children around you. Because children will reveal who you really are. And children, when they're hurt, it goes with them the rest of their life. It affects the rest of their life. But we love children. Jesus loves the little children. And our church is a big proponent for children. We invest a lot of money into children. We care about them. But if I have to be honest with you today, our children are at the mercy of their parents and guardians. Not their pastor and not Andrew and Landon. You guys can't be around them enough. And as much as we'd like to choke out some dads and moms. God's going to get you. God's going to get you, Dad. You hear me? God's going to get you, Mom. God's going to do what we can't do, we want to do to some of y'all. You're not going to get away with it. God's going to get you. Don't worry, children. Don't worry, those of you who have been hurt by people. Don't worry. There will be justice. Our God is just. Our God will not let it go. If those people don't repent and get right, it's going to be a very hot place in hell for people that hurt children. Today I felt led to talk to you about collateral damage. And that is the damage you don't intend to create when you don't serve God. But you do anyway. And when you don't put God first, it's not just about you and God and your hell. It's about the people's hell you create around you. And one of the most selfish things you'll ever do is by not bending your knee to Jesus for your loved one's sake. So I'm going to get in your business today. Is that all right? I'm going to get in your business for the sake of children today. And you can get mad and quit and do what you want to do. I don't care. I'll find another job somewhere. But I'll stand up for the kids. You hear me? You're going to get your life right with God. Are you gonna, or you're going to feel the, the, the pressure today. At the end. You're going to feel the conviction today in this place. Because I might not could roll up in your house and I might not could choke you out, but I'm going to preach the fire of the word today until somebody feels like repenting. Because we need to have some repentance. Some knees need to bow to stop the overflow of collateral damage in our society and our families. All right, Matthew twenty two thirty six. Teacher, which is the great commandment, the law? Jesus said to him, 
you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. you got to seek the Lord, number one. This is the first and great commandment. But then Jesus adds something they didn't ask for. What did he add? And the second is like it. You've got to love your neighbor as yourself. I know you didn't want to talk about what happens to your neighbor when you don't serve God, but it's part of it. And you can't separate your lack of walk with God and the damage you do to your neighbor. Because they go together. Your neighbor is directly affected by your selfishness. And this whole movement is stay out of my lane, get out of my life, let me live my life is impossible. We go to the same H-E-B. All up breathing in my neck in the line. But your crazy life, we live together. There's no such thing as just stay out of my life, Pastor. Let me live my life. You won't let me live mine. We are in this together. I'm going to say something about it. If we're sharing streets, I'm going to say something about it. If we're sharing stores, I'm going to say something about it. If we're sharing high schools, I'm going to say something about it. Because we're together. And what you're fighting, i got to fight. So I'm going to say something about it. And God's going to say something about it. Because when you choose not to love the Lord thy God, it hurts somebody else. You didn't intend to hurt, but you will. Because anybody who does not love the Lord cannot truly love their neighbor. You can't love your spouse right. You can't love your kids. We've got to get right with God today for the sake of our children. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, loving God loving your neighbor, loving God, and loving others. This is what everything hangs and shifts and pivots on. Loving God and loving others. We're not supposed to hurt each other. But you got to get the order right. You got to love God enough to put up with things that are vulnerable and annoying and hurtful and attacking because you can never put up with neighbors that are trying to hurt you or bother you or mess with you if you can't love God right. So today there's going to be a call of repentance to the Lord, not to children. A call of repentance to getting right with Him, not to the neighbor. Because the neighbor part is automatic after you get right with God. You're automatically going to be able to love others if you can love God right. So what's wrong with society? is we don't walk with God right. We don't fear God. We don't walk with God. And our kids pay the price of our ungodliness and unrighteousness. But we're going to help with the day. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated. I'm glad you're here. I, I hope this helps you today. Y'all, I've been in ministry longer than I've been out of ministry. I have now been in ministry for 20 years I got into Bible college at the age of 19, and so I have been doing ministry most of my life now. I am almost 40 this September. I'll finally be mature. Anything that I have done up till then, you have to forgive it because it was simply immaturity. 
But Lord, help me after 40. I'm running out of excuses. I'll just still be human, I guess, at that point. Over 20 years, 20 years, some people start getting right with God in their 30s. Some people start getting right with God in their 40s. I started to make this path at 19. I was early, Brother Matthew. I tried to make good decisions early. I definitely made a good decision when I married my wife. That was one of the best decisions I ever made. She's probably wondered a couple times, but uh, I've never doubted. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I made that decision early. I'm thankful I answered the call to go into ministry when I was young. I'm thankful I never got a credit card. I'm thankful I, I was able to live week to week paycheck and never get in crazy debt, and that's why I have nice things today. Yeah, you you could have had it too, but I didn't do drugs. I'm about to move in my new house. Let the young people hear me, because some of y'all older ones get mad at me because it's not it's nobody's fault but yours. Don't get mad at me. I can't have nice things because I made right choices. But let the young people at least listen to me. If you will make right choices at 19, you can have good things at 40. But if you play around and act like an idiot, you're going to be behind. Mad at God, mad at your pastor, mad at everybody because you don't have stuff. Somebody say amen. Hey, look, it's too late for some of y'all. It's not too late for them. Go ahead and say amen. And so 20 years, I started early. 20 years, I've been doing this a long time. Even though I'm young, I've done this a long time. Y'all, I've heard a lot of confessions. I've heard more than I probably care to hear. At 39 years old, I have heard some nasty, unbelievable stories. Stories that some of y'all have to go to YouTube to find. I've heard from the victim. Firsthand. And it takes everything in me not to just cry the whole time. People hide it really well. I mean, it would blow your mind that if you ever could know what I know about the people you cross and pass by in the hall and go to the bathroom and shake hands and, hey, the things they've been through, the way they've been treated, the way their parents talked to them, touched them, hit them, abused them, would just blow your mind that they're still alive right now. I'm amazed that some people still live after the things they've been through. And for 20 years, I've heard stories firsthand or secondhand. And it's unbelievable how nasty our world is. Don't measure off suits and ties. Don't measure it off of people's niceness and all that. People are sneaky and deceitful. And they will roll up in here and sing on the platform and hurt their kids when they get home. It's a real thing. And that's why we need the gifts of the Spirit and prophecy and knowledge and discernment. Because you can't go off what looks like the surface. The blessing and curse of being able to feel things in the Spirit. Is I walk around all the time going, that looks good, but it don't feel right. And I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, that feeling's right. Because there's stuff happening behind closed doors, and we're good at hiding it. Women don't tell on their men because they need his money and place to stay. It's happening. Kids are scared to death to talk about it. It's happening. It's happening and no one's talking about it, and I've heard about it. <laughs> 
and it's sick. And there are many of you in this room today, you've, you've been the recipient of it. And it's amazing what has happened to the most vulnerable, weak people of our world. And then YouTube came along in the last 20 years. And the internet. And not only do I know all the stories of the people who've talked to me personally, I now know all the stories of the entire world. So in the last 20 years, I have been filled with knowledge about how wicked our world is. Somebody say amen. If you ever needed to know how wicked the real world is, you can know right now because the internet will tell you. I have clicked on way too many news links that I should not have clicked on. I have seen videos I probably should have never seen. Real life videos. Real 911 testimonial calls of the wickedness of this world. It is all over the world. It is not just America. This world is dark. This world is sinful. This is a messed up world. We'll tell you who gets hurt the worst, the vulnerable. You see, it's, it's up to guys like us who are strong, who have got power and positions of power to speak up for the weak because the weak won't speak up. I've been doing this long enough to realize kids won't talk. Women won't talk. So guess what? Who's going to step up for them and talk? It's going to have to be the men. Why would the men have to stand up and talk? Because we're the ones that are supposed to be the providers of the home. And we're the ones that can fight, beat up, and do all these physical things. So who needs to really stand up for the weak ones is the strong ones. And if you're a strong man today, or you've got some money, and you've got some independence and stability, you owe it to the weak ones to rise up and preach the truth and be a part of the solution and not the problem and stop being so passive all the time because hurting people, it's happening every day. And when will we stand up and fight back? They say to me, preacher, stay in your lane. Don't worry about them. You just take care of your church. Don't worry about politics and the world and what's happening. Just, just talk to your people. The problem is I don't live here in this building. Oh, wait. Right now I do live here in this building, but here pretty soon I, don't, I won't live here. We, we can't live here. We can't keep this utopia, this community. We've got to go home into our communities. Okay, we're not Waco. We've got to go home. I love those people over there. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It's just a joke. But they've got a community. The church lives kind of in the neighborhood. And it's, it's a little different, but, but they've got a good thing going. There's some good things. But we've got to go home. We believe, we feel that we don't just stay with each other, but we've got to get the gospel out to our jobs, our family, our friends across the city. We cannot be quiet. We can't stay here among all these Christians and live here. So we've got to go cross roads with people that are wicked. We've got to go out to the stores of people that are wicked. We've got to go to jobs, people that are wicked. We've got to work with wicked people. We have to. So it's impossible that we stay in our own lane. You know, I feel that pressure from people that are just like, leave me alone, keep your God to yourself, but the answer is no. I'm not going to keep my God to myself because there's too many hurting kids out there to keep my God to myself. 
I'm going to stand up and preach Jesus, and it's going to be a little different today. You know why? Because I'm not just preaching Jesus for you. Today's a little different. I'm not just preaching you need to get Jesus so that you can go to heaven because some of you don't care if you go to heaven. I can tell by how you live. You'd rather go to hell. You like suffering. But you know what? Is there any ounce, anything in you that says I might want to do this for someone else? Is there anything in you, is there any heart left in you that recognizes that when you don't walk with God, everyone around you is worse? That people in your life are hurt and broken and abused? So just for a moment today, would you realize that when you don't put God first and repent and get right with Him, there is collateral damage in society, in our families, at our jobs. It hurts others when we're not right with God. So I'm not going to stay in my lane because you won't stay in your lane. I just drove last week. I get flipped off. I get cut off. I'm not asking for that. You won't stay in your lane, Austin. I'm not staying in my lane. You preach yours, I'll preach mine. But mine works. Mine saves families. Mine blesses babies. Mine's better. And I'm going to be vocal. And I'm going to be loud. Because I'm sick and tired of hearing stories of God, the most vulnerable people in society being damaged because they won't serve my God's laws. You do what you want to do, but I'm going to preach it. You can walk out of here. You can do what you want to do, Austin. You can do what you want to do, but I'm going to stand on what's right, and I'm going to say it, and you're going to feel the conviction, and you're going to have to walk out of here and choose. But you are going to hear it. You're going to hear it. If that's all I can do, you're going to hear it. So we live together. We live in a community together. We can't escape each other, even though some are trying. Our personal issues eventually affect other people. When you vote, it affects me. Don't tell me stay in your own lane. When you vote, it affects me. When I vote, it affects you. That's why we're mad at each other. That's why politics matters so much to people. Because when you vote, it can lock people up for stupid stuff. Or keep them out of jail. So our, our belief systems affect each other. Yo, it's impossible to just have my belief and go about my life and not affect you. Impossible. We are in this together. When you drive your car, it affects me. Somebody say amen. How many of y'all drive to work every day? Does their problems affect you? Some of them drive way too slow, it affects you. Some of them drive way too fast, it affects you. Some of them putting on their makeup, it affects you. Texting, it affects you. I'll just stay in your lane, preacher. I'll do what I want to do until someone gets killed. You don't tell me I can't drink and drive. Who do you think you are? I'll tell you who I am. I'm the guy that lost the daughter last week in the wreck. That's who I am. You need to stop all that sin and repent. My word, what's wrong with us? I'm going to talk about your life. I'm coming to your front porch. I'm going to preach it because what you do or don't do affects everybody around you. Hey, do you have a right to say something that affects you? I mean, you going to live in this house? I'm going to say something to you. That's how some of y'all are. That's how some of y'all used to be. Y'all done got soft. That's how some of y'all used to be. Oh, you're going to live in this house. I'll pay the bills. It's going to be, I'm going to say what I want to say. Because it affects me. Do you live in America? It affects you. Why are you so quiet when it affects you? 
Why aren't you preaching against sin when it affects you? Yo, we're in this together. You have every right to stand up and preach about who Jesus is to the community. You have every right to tell your family and friends. They'll try to tell you, you keep that religious stuff to yourself. It don't affect nobody. It affects me at Thanksgiving whenever you're an idiot all the time and I can't enjoy my turkey. It affects me. I got to be with you. No, you just stay in your lane, preacher. You just, you just do your little God stuff in the corner. No, I'm not. You don't do your devil stuff in the corner. Keep your devil to yourself. You can't. You can't do it because darkness is not satisfied. It's got to try to spread. And so does the light. Hey, y'all pick a side. Who are you preaching for? It affects your life. You get to say something. Go ahead. Get on the school board. Go ahead and get on the community HOA board. Whatever you want to do. But speak up. Because babies are being hurt. Because the church is quiet. Preach Jesus. Preach the laws of God. Man, it affects me when I go to the store. Some folks need to learn to give me my four feet of space, okay? This is America, y'all. We don't, we're not in a hurry like that, okay? I don't know where you came from, but you don't have to breathe down my neck while we're trying to shop at HEB. I don't need that. There's plenty of space spread out, Right? But that's the world we live in. We, we are affected by each other. You can't help that. No, you can't, but Jesus can. We vacation together. They're everywhere, y'all. I've been on vacations that were miserable because people are there. Well, let's go to Disney World. It'll be great. It's like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I paid $10,000 for this. So, oh, this is awesome. Oh, wow. You can't move. People are rude. Y'all, we live together. You can't escape it. Yeah, we're in this together. Your beliefs affect me. But more importantly, your beliefs, your sins, your sins, your issues, they don't just affect me because I'm a big boy. They affect the weakest among us. I can handle it when somebody tries to break in my house. The kids can't. Some of y'all are like, well, it don't bother me. I'm a grown man. It bothers your wife and children. I'm I'm a man. It don't matter what happens in America. I can take it. But the weak ones can't. Where are you at, warrior? Rise up and say something. Fight for somebody else. Where are the men of God at that stand up for women and children and preach Jesus to get a revolution in the world so that we can see a change? I'm just going to stay on my one acre. I'm going to do my own thing. You're selfish. It's coming to your front door. You can't hide forever. Get up and preach. Stand against sin. Because if you can help people repent, you can protect the babies. This is more than just about saving souls. This is about protecting innocent people. And I want to be a part of that. How about you? Yeah, your beliefs, they, they do. They affect us. They do. The woman that can't move away because she's got no money and no confidence. She's stuck with that abusive man. Yeah, his decisions really hurt people. 
Yeah, she needs a roof, and she's got kids to feed, and, and the evil man knows it, and he uses it against her. Because that old evil man with that power and that job, he gets to abuse that woman and those kids because she's got no other way out. And it's happening right here. It's happening all over the world. And where's the man to look that man in the face and say he's wrong? Come on, men. Where are you at? How am I going to preach about kids getting hurt and you're going to be there and getting quiet on me today? What kind of man are we? What kind of men are we? How are you going to sit there and have buddies that act like that? How are you going to sit there and go to church with men who don't rise up and be godly men? How are you going to be so quiet? You're letting that baby get hurt because you won't step up and say anything. Brother, we don't do that around here. I'm sorry. Brother, the five of us brothers got together. You stop hitting her or we're going to do something about it. It ain't right. You hear me? It ain't right. When will the men stand up and protect the vulnerable? Hey, brother, let's have a prayer meeting. You ain't right with God. You messing with your wife. You messing with your kids. We ain't standing for that stuff. We got to speak up and preach righteousness and preach purity. We're not putting up with that stuff. Oh, not my battle. What's going to be your battle when that baby grows up all messed up on crack, running through your front yard? Oh, it's coming to you. It's coming to you eventually. When will we figure this out, y'all? You can't escape this. You might as well just deal with it while it's in its infancy. Deal with it early. The beliefs affect us. The children get hurt. Kids get hurt by a messed up mom and a messed up dad. And it's the saddest thing because the child is forming who they're going to be their whole life off of those years. And all they have is abuse to form them into an abused person. I can almost guarantee you, anybody that's got a lot of social issues has got some skeletons in their closet from when they were a child. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means that you've been hurt and you've been damaged. And you filter your life through the foundation of your raising. And it doesn't mean you're bad and that you're weird. You're not. You're, you're hurt. You are. And there's, there's restoration and there's healing and there's hope for you. Many have and many will. But our raising is so important that you can set the pathway for a child's life forever based on how you treat them. And yet we turn the blind eye. What a wicked thing we do to children as a society. They can't fight back. How wicked is that? They're innocent and they don't know any better. How wicked are people to abuse a child? They can't fight back. They don't know if they need to fight back because they're so ignorant on these things you can take advantage of them. Mess up their whole life. And it's sick. It's horrible. And it's rampant. When you abuse those weaker than you, let me tell you who you are. You're an evil monster. You're the lowest of society. You're the greatest of sinners. You are horrible when you hurt weak people. It reveals your nature 
and how far you are from God when you refuse to care for those around you that you call weak. They reveal how spiritually broken you are. Luke 17, let's get that, Keller. See what Jesus said. Verse 1, Jesus said to his disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe unto him through whom they do come. People are going to hurt people, but be careful if you're the one hurting people because it, it's going to happen, but if it's you, be careful. Verse 2, It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea that he should offend one of these. That's, that's, your, that's your loving Jesus. Your loving Jesus said it'd be better to have that consequence. What's going to happen in hell? I know, hey, listen, listen, dad, mom, whoever you hurt and children, innocent people, you're not scared of that child. You're not scared it's going to get out to the police and you're going to go to jail. That's fine. But you ought to be scared of that right there. Because he sees you. You can't hide from it. It matters so much that Jesus said, I'd rather, you'd be better off just to choke you and drown you in the bottom of the sea than you mess with one of these innocent ones. Y'all, what, what, what are we going to do about this? Are we going to keep sitting back while, while fathers run homes and mothers abuse kids? When will we stand up in the church and realize preaching righteousness and against sin is not just about that person's walk with God. It's about society and whole. It's about children and women and innocent, vulnerable people. The gospel message saves everybody. The gospel message makes us happy to be around each other. We got to preach this word, y'all. We got to preach the way of God because it's going to protect people. So I want to help defend the defenseless today. Anybody else want to? I want to help the collateral damage to be reduced as much as possible. But what can you do, Pastor? You're not supposed to hurt anybody, so let's turn the other cheek. What can you do? Can you, can you see what's happening in their homes? Yeah, I can. It's called prophecy. It's called discernment. It's called the gifts of the Spirit. I don't have to go to your house to see stuff. God can show it to me. I just don't know why that pastor feels a certain way about me. Because the Lord told me you're a snake. Y'all, that's real. I still love you, but you need to repent and get right. I just, I just feel that something's awkward between us, Pastor. I don't know what it is. I don't either. I feel it too. Oh, how are you going to go to my house? I don't have to go to your house. The Lord will tell us. And the Lord will tell you not to hurt you, not to go up in there and beat you up. But something's going to be done. So, yeah, we can do some stuff about it. Once I find out about it, what can I do about it? I'll tell you what I can do about it. I can preach this thing so hot until you got to be the devil himself to keep doing it. 
I can stand up here and I can get some men around me and we can agree today and we can say in this place it's righteousness, it's purity, it's sin free. We do the will of God all the time no matter how we feel, no matter what's going on and we're going to live that way no matter what. There's God's way and that's it and you're wrong and you're a sinner and you're wicked and you better repent right now or you're going to hell. That's how you can do it. The power of the church is the truth about the judgment of God that it will find you if you keep sinning. You will burn in hell forever. And you know what? Does anybody here have a problem when somebody gets in trouble with a judge because they like, hurt some baby? Do you have a problem with somebody going to jail or something for that? If somebody hurts a baby and just hits them in the face just for fun, does anybody have a problem with that? Are some of y'all like, no, they shouldn't get in trouble? So we're all cool with somebody hurting the baby going to jail for a long time. So why are you mad about hell? I have no problem with the judgment of God. People do deserve it. Listen, if you take one moment and look at how wicked people can be and then think about hell. Some people, hell's not enough for the things they do to hurt others. Well, hell sounds so bad. No, no, y'all, the stories I've heard are absolutely wicked. Hell's real and it's justified for the things people have chosen to do to each other. And it's going to happen. It's real. And so I might not be able to pull a gun or fight you, wrestle you. I'm going to preach the name of Jesus over you so hard until an angel comes and visits you at night and you finally decide to repent and get right with God because you're messing people's lives up. You're hurting, you're abusing people that are innocent. And you're not going to feel comfortable in this church. If you, if you want to hurt people, you won't like this church. If you like hurting kids and you like cussing out the wife, you like being an idiot, you won't like this church. You won't be popular. You won't be somebody special. You'll feel the heat of hell over you until you repent. Because I refuse to sit back and let people be abused all the time. When there's an answer for it. Let me keep going. What can other people do about it? You can stop turning the blind eye. You can join me and stop making me the only bad guy preaching against sin. Oh, he's a pastor. That's his job. That's what he gets paid to do, be the bad guy. To stand up in the pulpit and declare righteousness so that he has no friends. I thought you were my friend. I thought you were with me standing on this word. I thought you were going to preach with me. We were going to stand together. I thought we were supposed to all preach the same thing. I thought we were supposed to agree and be unified. I thought the church was supposed to rise up and stand for what's right and stand against sin and stand for righteousness. And the reason why there's weakness in the church is because you won't rise up with me and agree. That's what we can do together. We can get that mess out of the church. It doesn't fit here. That's what we can do. We can help make sure that while people are in the early stages of abusing, they get the help they need. We can look for the signs of a future abuser. What are the signs of a future abuser? 
Hey, pastor, sorry, I'm working this Sunday. I can't be at church. Times two, times three, times four, times where you been? It's been six months. Well, that doesn't mean that person will abuse. Oh, it doesn't mean it will for sure, but it sure is on the road for it. That's how the last guy did it. You see, it's a sign that you're headed the wrong way. Perversion and abuse is the end game of walking away from God slowly. So what can we do to stop the future abusers from hurting women and children? I can stand up here and I can get upset and I can get all fired up about you not knowing how to pray yet. Because if you're not praying, there's a future abuser on the way. Oh, you think it's just some small thing you don't pray. People who don't pray can't have a walk with God. And if you can't have a walk with God, you're going to be a sinful person. And a sinful person's going to hurt somebody. Pastor, why don't you just stay in your lane? Don't worry about if I pray. That's between me and God. No, it's going to hurt all of us. Some of y'all, we don't like you when you don't pray. It affects us when you don't pray. Somebody say, don't be afraid to say amen because your wife didn't pray. Your husband didn't pray this week. They need to hear it. You see, you think I'm being extreme when I get upset because I look at the offering and tithing role and you're not giving. But if you can't give here, you're on the wrong road. You see, if we can deal with stuff at the infancy stage, we'll never have to let the molester come out of you. If I can get up here and I can get all fired up over pornography... Who cares? It's just a little website. It's just a little, it's just a few minutes on a website. It's just some bad picture. Not a big deal. Not yet. There's a future molester in you trying to come out, and we need to keep that guy in. And you need to come to the altar and repent right now over small things. You think I'm crazy? Call me crazy. I've seen this. I've been there. I've watched the progression of missing church, missing prayer, missing Bible studies. The full-blown molester. If you can't be submissive to me right now, you're on the wrong road. Ain't no man gonna tell me what to do. You sound like a future child abuser. Maybe not yet. May take you 20 years to get there, but you're sure talking like them. Why does this stuff matter to you so much, Pastor? Why can't you just wait till they do it and then? That's what you want? That's what you want? You want me to wait till your grandkid happens to them and then step up and do something about it? You want me to get them off the platform after? It's foolish talk. We are the people of prophetic. We're the people that deal with stuff before it gets too bad. We're the people that sense it and say it. We're the people that feel it and do something about it. We are the people that don't get surprised. And listen, if you're always upset at me because I'm dealing with small stuff, we're going to have big stuff. Seems like he's always looking for trouble. I'm not looking for trouble. I'm trying to keep us out of trouble. Y'all, I've been in the room. I've heard the stories. I know how this stuff starts. And I decide, let's fight it right here at step one. 
So it never gets to step eight and nine and ten. And we lose households and children's and wives are abused. And the world is crumbling. I say stand on the foundation of prayer and fasting and church attendance and submission. And we'll never have to get to the place where babies are being abused. Furthermore, if you are the recipient of abuse, why are you acting just like your abuser? You pray as much as they do. It is so foolish that you would submit as much as your abuser did to a pastor. Go back and think about it. Who were they really? Were they really on fire for God when they did that to you? Because I can guarantee you they weren't. And here you are going down the same path as the people that you said changed your life forever. And I think that is so silly. Because you're complaining about something that hurt you and you're becoming the hurt to someone else. When all you've got to do is recognize that the issue was sin. The issue was no walk with God. The issue was no bowed knee to Jesus. That was the problem. And yet here you are and you still don't have a walk with God. And it's going to keep hurting people. Listen, I have learned if you cry about people's church attendance, daily prayer, study, and submission to the pastor, you don't have to cry over child abusers. Get up and preach about pornography because we're not preaching about prayer. We don't fix stuff after it breaks. That's not the will of God. We deal with stuff before it ever comes into the church. And our babies are the fruit of our lack of submission to God. And you tell me we care about our kids. It's going to hurt them if we don't get right. It already has. And it will happen again. Let me try to come to a close. Ultimately, I, I can't stop sin. Only Jesus can stop sin. What would fix all these problems? Stop sinning. I declare war today in the name of Jesus on sin. Sin is still the problem. Sin is still the problem. Jesus did not just die for our flesh. He died for our sin. We have got a sin problem. We've got to go to God to fix the sin problem. It's sin between us and God that's hurting the babies. Oh, you don't believe it? You don't believe it has to do anything with God? You think it's just part of life? Then how come when Adam and Eve are messing up and disobeying and they're sinning against God, eating the forbidden fruit, how come now they're having a conversation together outside the garden being like, what do we do now? I can guarantee you Eve was regretting giving that fruit to Adam when she lost her purpose and her husband has no job. Well, this just really backfired. Talk about having marriage stress. The rest of your life, you're going to look at her and think of the one that got you kicked out of paradise? The rest of your life, you're going to look at him and decide he should have been there when that devil showed up. Talk about having conflict with each other. Look what happens when you don't obey God. It affects your marriage. 
Well, it doesn't just affect your marriage. You don't obey God. It affects your children. Because we keep reading in Genesis and we find out that these two boys that Adam and Eve had called Cain and Abel. And the Bible says that they went to bring some offering to God. And God accepted Cain's and said, good job. And God said, accepted Abel's and said, good job. But then Cain brought his offering and he said, no, this is not proper. You've got a choice to make, Cain. You can make it right or you can go out and do what you want and sin, the first time it ever shows up in the Bible, and sin is at the door. And the Bible says that Cain went out, started having a word with his brother Abel, and he ends up killing his brother because of a problem with God. Don't you tell me that your problems with God will not overflow and spill into your marriage, to your children, to your job, to your money, to your retirement, to every part of your life. That's why it's the first law is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Because when you can love God and get right with God and get the sin out of the way, you can love your neighbor, you can love your spouse, you can bless the babies, you can be a good part of society. But step one, church family, you've got to fix the sin. Anybody else sick of sin? Anybody else tired of seeing what it does to people? Anybody else tired of seeing the pain and the suffering of sin? Anybody else sick of seeing what happens when people will not bow their knee to Jesus and surrender and submit their life to him? I'm tired of seeing people hurting because you won't submit to God. This world's a mess because you got a problem with your daddy. You got daddy issues, you hear me? You can't get right with Jehovah God. And it's bleeding into every part of your life. And you're telling everybody, change, it'll be easier. If I could just get rid of you, it'd be easier. No, it won't. You'll do it with the next brother. You'll do it with the next spouse because your problem, your issue is sin and a walk with God. It's not there, and it's causing collateral damage. And we've been trying to counsel people into not hurting each other, but you can't. You're of sinners to hurt. God cares about what we do with each other. And that's why out of the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses in the law, the first four are about walking with God. The last six are about how you treat your neighbor. The majority of the law of God is about how you love each other. Because what goes wrong in the first four shows up in the next six. And we hurt each other, and we damage each other, and we destroy each other. Because we're not right with the master. Do you think Satan just woke up every day and just said, I want to go steal, kill, and destroy? You know where it started? He was an angel. He was a worshiper. Everything was fine. Until one day he had a beef with God. But you know, the devil can't fight God. So you know what happens whenever Cain can't fight God? Cain fights Abel. And your beef with God is causing pain all around you. 
you think, I just want you to pray today just so you can have a walk with God. It's so cute. I'm trying to preserve society right now. I'm trying to save somebody's baby from being molested. This is no small thing. This is much bigger than you getting to go walk on the streets of gold and feel good for eternity. This interlocks us all together to where when you walk out those doors and refuse to repent, it will hurt someone. It will hurt someone. It will hurt you. It will hurt those you're around. It will damage everyone around you. And eventually it will hurt the weakest. You know what hurts the weakest? Because they can't fight back. Why do weak people get hurt the most? Because nobody bows up on a strong man. You always go after those who can't defend themselves when you're having a beef with God. The word today is repent before somebody else gets broken. The word today is bow your knee to Jesus before somebody else gets hurt. We have to live with each other. Enough hurting each other. Enough bleeding out. Enough stabbing people and cutting people and gossiping and no trust. Enough broken families. Enough counseling sessions with families who have mental crises because dad and mom were devils. Stop it right here. Stop it right now. Stop it in the name of Jesus. Stop it by bowing your knee to God and saying, that's it. I'm done. It's final. I'm getting right with you, God, and I'll do it. And that's all that matters now. I want to serve you. I want to submit to you. Whatever you say, I'll do. Your issues with each other is because you don't have a walk with God. Nothing my wife can do to make me a better person to love her more. It's my problem with God. Nothing anyone can do to make me a better parent unless I'm right with God. God gave me a special word to close it out. Joseph is in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife brings temptation to Joseph. And the temptation is, is if you'll sleep with me, we can be partners and I can maybe promote you and, and no one will know. This sin that you're going to commit is between us. And Joseph had a revelation. He said, how can I sin and do this and hurt That baby you're holding is directly connected to God. The lust in your heart that you're having a difficult time dealing with, it's really about Him. Whatever temptation you've got to be evil, to be selfish, to be carnal, it's directly connected to your devotion to the all-seeing God. Who's watching every move you make and listening 
no amount of secrecy will protect you. When you have the revelation, this will hurt God. Nothing holds you back from being, a, from being a horrible parent or a horrible spouse when you had a bad day. Like the Lord. He's the only power to protect us from hurting each other. And hurting ourselves. So the Lord sent me here to and get sin out of your life because we're hurting so many people. It's sick what we're doing to each other. I want you to close your eyes for a moment today. It's just, it's just time to repent is all. It's just time to repent. It's just time to say, yeah, this world's nasty. I'm not being a part of it. This world's full of sinners. I'm not placing myself in it. I'm getting out, Pastor. I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to go by the word of God. I'm getting out because there's too much suffering in the world with me not walking with God. Anybody else tired of hurting people? Anybody else tired of being mad all the time? Anybody else tired of your marriage not ever working? Anybody else tired of nobody wanting to love you, be with you? Anybody else tired of the drug addictions in our city? Anybody else tired of all the abuse in our kids? Anybody else sick of it? It's time for revival. It's time for revival. It's time for repentance with God. Get right with our Father. What's wrong in us is we're not righteous with God. It shows up in our neighbors and it shows up in the job. It shows up in our most vulnerable shows up with our elderly parents. It shows up with the babies and the kids. And it shows up and it hurts. Because we're not right with God. We hurt the most weak among us. And we alter their lives forever. And I'm going to stand against the collateral damage. And I'm going to preach. You've got to be holy. And you've got to be righteous. And you've got to get right with God. Whatever it takes, you've got to bow your knee down and say, I'm done. I'm going to go to hell if I don't change my ways. I'm going to hurt people who don't change my ways. I'm sick of hurting people. Is anybody else tired of the hurt, the perpetual cycle of abuse on every generation to the third and the fourth and the fifth generation? Is anybody else tired that you were abused and now you're abusing? When will this snap? When will it break? When will the curse be broken when people go and bend their knee at the altar and say it stops now? This sin's got to get out of my family. This sin's got to get out of me. Some of you repent before it gets that bad. Some of you catch yourself on the small things before it becomes a great thing. Some of you catch yourself right now before it gets to be worse. There are people in this room right now, you're an abuser. And God knows who you are. But you can repent today. Just because ain't nobody told on you don't mean God doesn't see you. You're hurting people, you're hurting children, you're hurting your spouse, you're hurting friends, but you can get right with God and you can start to heal that thing. But it's an old-fashioned call to repentance because our problem is between me and God. You're wrong with Him and you're wrong with everybody else. 
Can we lift our hands up together in this place in the name of Jesus and just seek after the Lord so he can direct, he can call, he can speak to us today. Come on, somebody be prophetic for a moment. Where will you be if you don't get right? My word. Don't be afraid of the prophecy. The prophecy protects you from your future you. The prophecy protects you from who you can be and the damage you can cause if you don't catch yourself and wake up. Come on, catch it while it's small. Catch it with the attitude. Catch it with the look. Catch it with a little bit. Never be that guy. I feel, I feel the Holy Ghost reaching down right now. Now listen to me, I need to tell you about a dream I had. I didn't know it was for this moment, but now I do. I was in Branson. You can just keep kind of praying, but listen to me. I was in Branson with the Bible quizzers. I wasn't feeling good. Didn't know whether I should go to NAYC or not. My wife prayed a prayer and said, Lord, just give them a dream. Speak to her. Speak to them so we have direction. And boy, the Lord spoke to me. I had two dreams back to back. One about NAYC the first night. The second night, I had a dream I was a time traveler. So weird. But I went back. I went, I went back in time in Dallas where I worked at this church. And I got in the pulpit. And the pastor wasn't ready to preach. And I got in the pulpit. And I said, I know this is weird. But I'm here from six years in the future. And some of you won't be in church in six years. And, and the Lord, when I woke up, showed me, he said, we have the power to time travel. And I was like, well, how? He said, it's called prophecy. Prophecy is when you can see things before they happen. And see, some of y'all don't believe me. But what's crazy is some of the people we used to shout with are out of church now. And you know what? I felt things about those people back then that I did not know how to say. But I picked up on little flags and signs that they aren't going to make it if they don't get right. I didn't know how to say it because you don't, how do you say that to somebody? But they're out of church today. And in my dream, I was a time traveler and I was there to warn people that if you don't repent, in six years from now, you're going to be gone. That right there is called the grace and mercy of God. Y'all, that's the grace and mercy of God. I don't deserve that. Thank God that he would send someone to wake me up before I become that guy, before you have children, before you get pregnant, before you pick the spouse. Thank God a preacher rolled up in here and said, watch out. And I feel that spirit right now of that dream. I feel it right now that I am trying to preserve, the Holy Ghost is trying to preserve some of you from making a choice that will alter your destiny forever. And it takes a lot of faith to receive a prophecy. It takes a lot of faith to look at yourself and say, one, one website can change me. Yes, it can. One decision to walk to a front or walk out the back door can change you forever. You may not believe that, but it's real. One decision to repent and turn your life to Jesus.
can change your destiny forever. Hear the warning today. Get right with God so that the collateral damage around your life can stop finally. And people will want to hang around you again. And relationships will work finally. And you'll get the promotion you've been looking for. But the reason why you can't be blessed is because you're not right with Father. That's why everything around you is broken. Because you're not right with your Father. He's your hope, not me. Jesus is the answer, not me. That's why Paul said, when I preach, I preach Jesus. Because if you get right with Him, you get everything else too. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will work out. Anybody want to be righteous right now? Anybody want to be sin free right now? Hey, you don't have to sin. You hear me, saints? You don't have to sin. If any man sin, if any man sin, not when we sin, if a man sins, we have an advocate with the Father. You don't have to sin every day. We live above sin. Don't you speak that death over yourself. You can walk down to the front, repent and get right, and walk out those doors and never sin again. The devil is a liar. We live above sin. No sin will go into heaven. We can be free today. But somebody say, Jesus is the answer. I'm not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Somebody say, Jesus is the answer. Talk to him, pray to him, repent to him, not to me. You're not coming to altar for me. You're coming to talk to Jesus. He's going to set you free. He's going to change your ways. He's going to change your pathway. He's going to change your destiny. Jesus is the answer. Get right with Father. Get right with everybody else around you. Come on, let's pray. These altars are open. Let's all stand and get ready. It's time to pray. I'm not going to keep you any later than we have to. I just want us to go ahead and get ready because those kids are hoping. Some of you daddies and kids are hoping you'll come to the altar and pray. My Lord, if kids could pray for parents and see the futures they would have if their parents didn't get right with God. Come on, this city's hoping some of y'all will go pray at the altar today because there's broken drug addicts out there hoping you'll get on fire for God and get an anointing on you to help set them free. There's people that don't even realize what we can do. But if they knew it, they'd be begging for the church to get right with their father and get right with God. And everything we do, we do because of him. The rest is collateral damage. I don't want it anymore around us. I want to be right with my father. Let's repent together. You know how to do that? You know how to do that? You know how to lift your voice up and repent uh, like the old days? Remember how to do that uh, when America used to know how to repent uh, and America used to know how to cry out to God and America used to know how to say, God, I need you. God, cleanse me. Lord, cleanse me. God, I repent. I turn to you. Don't let me be that monster. Don't let me be that cold monster. Don't let me ever get there. Watch my tongue. Watch my attitude. Watch my spirit. Uh, God, help me every day. I don't want to be the monster. That was done to me. I don't want to be the dad that I had. I want to be like you, Heavenly Father. I want to be someone who walks around, there's blessings. I want to be someone who walks around, there's anointings. I want to be like you, Father. Come on, help me cleanse my heart. Purify me, Father. Nobody's good enough. Nobody can save me but you, Jesus. 
For the sake of the kids today, let the church cry out. For the sake of the vulnerable today, let the men cry out. Men, you're powerful, you're strong, and God wants to call you for the kingdom. You can destroy men. You can break women down. You can take away from them. That's why God wants you to get right, men. We are the protectors. We're the warriors of the church and the home. We've got to rise up, men, and stand for righteousness. I want to be right with you, God. I want to be pure. I want to be sin-free, spotless. I want my spirit right, my mind right, my thoughts right. I want to be right with you. I don't want you to see anything in me that's not right, God. I do not want to be a collateral damage to anybody around me, to my coworkers, to my boss, to my family, to my husband, to my wife. I don't want to have collateral damage. I've hurt. We've hurt too many people. We're capable of the worst evil when we're not right with God, when we're not repenting, and we're not right with God and walking with Him every day. Oh, God, protect us from being monsters. God, keep the monster out of me in my future. God, keep the abuser out of me in my heart. Never let me get there. God, keep your hand on me. God, let me be submissive to you today. I don't want that man to come out. I don't want that to ever be me. I want to be right with you no matter what, Jesus. Oh, yeah, this is it. This is it. This is what we need today. Come on. You love kids? You love children? Then love God. You can't love kids unless you love God. You can't protect babies unless you love God. You can't do it right unless you're right with God. This world is so evil, but the Lord is so good. Let this be a righteous church. Let this be a pure church. Let this be a church where our hearts are pure and our hearts are clean. Let this be a place, God, where the weakest among us are safe. Let this be a place where the widows and the fatherless find help. Let this be a place where the drug addicts feel safe. Let this be a place where broken homeless people feel safe. Let us never step on the weak things. Come on, God can trust us with the weak things if we can be righteous with Him. Come on, catch stuff early, brothers. Catch stuff early in your spirit. Catch stuff early on your phones. Catch stuff early on your YouTube videos and your Facebook reels. Catch stuff early. Don't let the monster ever show up. Be holy and be pure, men. Don't play games with it. Don't test it. We've got to repent and turn our hearts to Jesus today. Don't ever mark yourself off like you can't be that guy. That's why you've got to stay submitted to God. Keep your knee bowed and your face in the carpet and cry out to God and say, cleanse me, oh God. Purify me, my mind, God. Keep me holy and righteous. Check my spirit. You're too powerful to not be right with God. You can hurt people too much. I wish more people saw in the future. I wish more people could feel that. This is no joke and no game. I want to make sure that the, the most powerful in the church are the cleanest right now. Let those elders and those adults in this place be clean today because there's weak ones that will feel the wrath of our unsubmissiveness.
Come on. For every one of you that repents, a molester never shows up. You hear me right now in the Holy Ghost. Every one of you that repents, I'm telling you, an abused woman does not get beat. For every one of you that repents, a child gets a good father and a child gets a good mother. It's time to repent and be righteous. Every one of you that repents, another co-worker in Austin becomes a great person. Everyone that repents, there's another friend that gets made. It matters that we're right with God. It matters that we're clean and pure with Him. I've got to be right with God. There's potential for me to be a horrible person if I'm not clean and right with God. I don't want to be that person. I want to be right with you, Jesus. I want to be pure in my thoughts and pure in my heart. I want to, I want to have the fruit of the Spirit in my life, Jesus. There's too much collateral damage in this world. Too many people hurting because of our pain and our anger and our, our power. It's got to stop right here at Austin First Church. It's got to stop with us. We are not going to hurt each other. We are not going to damage each other. We're going to love each other. We're going to love God and love our neighbor. It's the will of God to be lovers, to be caretakers. Thank you, Father. Bless people. Bless men, God. Come on, forgive the abusers in your life and give your life to Jesus. Come on, forgive the molesters. Forgive those who've hurt you and be someone that's a blessing in the house of God today. Come on, forgive them. What happened to you? What happened to you? Give it all up at the altar right now. Repent. Do what you're the person that hurt you never did. Repent in the way that they never did and stop this pain right now and stop this suffering right here in the tracks. It doesn't have to continue with your legacy and your family. Stop it at the altar right here. No more collateral damage coming through me. I'm getting right with God today. I forgive them. I forgive them. I want to be pleasing to you, Jesus. I want to be right with you, Jesus. No matter who's around, no matter what happens to me, I want to be pleasing to you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for new people. Thank you for men today who are praying, powerful men who say, I know my power. I know my potential. I know that I can be angry. I know that I can damage. I know that I can hurt. Lord, touch the mothers in this place right now. Protect them from being abusive to their kids. That's it. It's happening. The Lord hears your cry. The Lord hears your prayer, brothers and sisters. Come on. I want to create in me a clean heart, oh God. Purify my mind. Come on. The Lord can anoint you right now to be everything you need to be for your family. The Lord can anoint you right now to be everything you need to be for your family. Come on. The beef is not with your children and your wife. The beef is with God. You're not right with Him, and that's why you act the way you do. We're not a sinful church. We're a righteous church. We're a holy church. We stand on the laws of God, the righteousness of God, and we hold each other accountable for the sake of the babies. Thank you, Lord. I submit to you, Jesus. I submit to you, Father. I submit to you, Jesus. I surrender all to you, Jesus.
I devote my life to you, Lord. I turn my heart in repentance. And there will start to be peace around me now. There will be peace around me now. There will be joy around me now. People can trust me. People can get close to me. There's no collateral damage. Thank God for the children. Thank God for those who are weak among us. Help us protect them, Father. Help us to love those who've got nothing to give. Help us to love those who've got nothing to offer. Help us to take care of those who've got nothing. Help us to show love to them and compassion, not to take advantage of them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's happening. It's real today, church family. It's real today. There's devotion. There's commitments.